It's time. You are now entering Jeffrey's atmosphere. You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 145, Nimic, hosted by Dan Terry. You can buy beer pretty much anywhere in Missouri. Jeff Kane. I was imbibing alcohol, legally. And Joseph Wren. This is everything you like, all at once. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you care who sees everything, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan. That is Jeff. I'm not even going to wait. We're just going to start right off the bat with this one. Dude, this is a Jeff band through and through. A Jeff band? What's that? A Jeff band is definitely a band that's not from America. Oh, Where are these really? guys from? Fucking, they're a Danish band. Yeah, of course they fucking are. They're from yep. fucking Denmark. God damn it. You get what you pay for. It's Industrial December, guys. I had no problem with this band at all. Yeah, they're fun. They're not a pure industrial metal band, but there's enough of it that I figured it, it would work. Well, we joked last year on Industrial December as to whether or not, like, is it industrial? Yeah, these guys are a lot of things. They're industrial. They're groove. Hell, some of their uh, stuff even has a little bit of uh, new metal mixed in. Yeah, and I, honestly, I didn't really have a problem with that. No, it worked really well for them, and that's part of the reason why. I, their cheese is good cheese. That's, that's the best way to put it. Because I always think of new metals being kind of cheesy at times. But, you know, it's just like anything. You know, there's good and there's bad cheese, and these guys are tasty. And I think the conversation went earlier that we all enjoyed, you know, Jeff's goat cheese. Oh fucking stinky cheese man that's the best it's so good i was getting some fear factory vibes off this one yeah yeah like if fear factory started in like 2003 this is what they would sound like except i'm not gonna lie man i think that the clean vocals are better than burton seabell yeah with both singers that's a hot take well you know i don't give a shit man it's it's how i feel i can't deny how i feel yeah there's two singers uh, throughout the main singers throughout the life of uh, Nemec, and uh, I actually like both of them quite a bit. So I, I with, when the switch happened, we'll get to that because there's a some backstory from me because I am a a nerd about well European metal in general. So I will fill in the blanks when that comes. Well, before Jeff fills in the blank with some WD40, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify. Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Did hey, I hear anything about Discord there? We're on Discord also, Jeff. Yeah, Discord's where it's at. We're all over Discord, man. Well, we're not really all over it. We're just in our own Discord server, which you can join, which I will tell you all about at the end of the episode. Oh, shit. My bad. You can <laughs> tell I'm rusty. I haven't been here for a while. You rusty fuck. Jesus. I've got the vinegar. I've got the scrub brush. We're going to take <laughs> care of the rust right now. Oh. Come on, dude. You're going to... Oh, my God. We're going to have to edit all this shit out. <laughs> There's that fucking beep again. <laughs> God damn it, Jeff. What am I talking about? Reviews? Five star. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we have one five-star review that was dropped 10 hours ago before this recording, and it is on Apple Podcast. It is by GDG. 
C-H-C-Y-C. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. That's terrible and awesome. Uh, and it just says five stars and says, love it. Well, we love it too, man. We, we really do. If you're a man, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell from your screen name. Thanks for the five-star reviews. Keep them coming, guys. One of the biggest things that we need as a podcast from you guys, the listeners, share the episodes. When you see these things pop up on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, just know that we are ecstatic every single time one of you guys shares the episodes. Speaking of shares, we got a lot of shares on this Extol episode. Holy shit, did we get a lot of shares. Got some shares and some comments. John Marino, the lead singer of the band Circleback, he shared the episode. He said, check this one out. Nothing but good friends talking about the legendary X-Toll. And uh, Nathan Beatty, also of Circleback, said, can't wait to hear this. Any relation to John Beatty? No. <laughs> he says, uh, "He says my album of the week is also Circleback Terminus. <laughs> John Marino then says, same here. Glad everybody is on the same page. You're damn right. That's awesome. <laughs> to, which, to which I responded, the New World Order is established. Jared Timmons also commented, also from Circleback, says, my album of the week is Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication. Am I doing it wrong? Yes, absolutely. Oh, God. I'm fucking triggered. That's <laughs> that's not what I said. I said absolutely not. It's a classic. Oh, dude. That's how I... The, hey, man, that that is, how, that is what I believe. And uh, as I'm reading this, a guy named Mike Beavers liked the Discography Discussion Facebook page. So thank you so much for that. Nice. Yeah, um, we got a comment from Matthew Alexander. He said, Daniel Terry, it's about freaking time. The mighty X toll. Did he call you Dingle Terry? No, that's just what you call me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Derek Smith says, Oh, yeah, baby. Hella excited to listen to this one. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all over the place, man. If you haven't listened to this X toll episode with uh, Not Beneath, this is awesome. Josh and Danny are always a great time. You should be checking out Not Beneath. If you're not checking them out, I mean, I don't even know what we're doing here. They're an amazing band. Circleback is an amazing band, and I will get off of it now. Oh, I'm still stuck on the Red Hot Chili Peppers bullshit. Is it bullshit, Jeff, just because you don't like it? I, I Anytime there's anything uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I just got to shit on it. I mean, to a certain extent, there is a little bit of like, California, California. Can you believe that we're from California? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I like their, their early stuff when they were really... Funk infused, funk, funk, punk, alternative yeah. rock. Dude, yeah. love the shit out of that. But the new stuff, I could pass. They kind of got a little pretentious after a while. Give it away. Do we need to do a Give Red it away Hot Chili Peppers now. episode? Do we need to break all the albums down? Yeah, April first, twenty twenty one. Sounds good to me. There you go. That's money in the bank. I want to take this moment in the episode to talk about all the wonderful people that subscribe to our Patreon and donate us money every single month for doing this show. You guys are amazing. You guys include Alexander, Brian Dean, David Brown, Jeffrey De Los Santos, the actual Mac, Josh Moser, Kiki Kuti, do you love me? I do love you. Lance Allagood, the, the king, king of, of metal. metal. Native Keebs, Patrick Asplund, Samuel Woodward, and Zach Barr. You guys are the music makers. You are the dreamers of the dreams. That's my boy, Zach. Yeah, dude. Zach is awesome. Zach lives by us. We love Zach. We give Zach awkwardly long hugs when we see him. <laughs> it's so much fun. We send him YouTube videos of bro job. Don't ask questions. So much bro job. Just not enough time. Guys, keep on hitting us up on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on our email at show at gmail.com. 
We love hearing from you guys. We just got an email the other day from a band that dresses up like Jason Voorhees and plays punk rock. You can't make this shit up, man. These guys are awesome. You should check them out. They're called the Jasons. So, Dan, tell me about Nimic. Nemec is a Danish metal band formed in Aalborg, Denmark, that is. In 1998, they are a kind of a fusion band, man. They kind of play everything. Industrial, thrash, groove, gent, progressive metal. And there's a little bit of new metal in there, which, you know, some people might get upset about, but those people are idiots. So this band exceeded my expectations. You're welcome. Like, I... I (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. We were going to do another band that I won't mention here that was, like, super boring. So it was really great to kind of swap them out for a band that was very enjoyable. Jeff threw them out and was like, guys, come on. We got to make this happen. And we're like, well, Jeff, you got to get your ass off your fucking couch and come on down here and make it happen with us. So we decided to talk about Nemec this week, and I'm really glad that we did. Jeff, how did you find out about Nemec? Uh, Actually, through my love of Cybreed and Pandora. Their their algorithms actually worked, and uh, they decided, hey, you know what? He likes Cybreed. Let's uh, let's let him uh, try some Nimic. And I'm like, dude, this is right up my alley. There's all kinds of weird shit going on, and weird time signatures, and there's clean singing, there's harsh vocals. I mean, I love that combo. So, this, dude, the this screams, man, the screams are, on are this are sick. Yeah. And that's two different vocalists, and I feel the same way about both of them. Yeah, and that's pretty unusual. We normally prefer one vocalist over another as far as their harsh singing. Normally, it's, you know, we can we could care less about the, the cleans. We just leave them. But the harshes kind of make it for us. And it was very pleasant to hear badass harsh vocalists on both versions. I remember listening to this band this week and thinking, like, wow, it's like In Flames soundtrack to your escape, but good. Oh, fuck you, dude. God. It's like these guys actually know what they're doing. I come back in, and the the first thing he's got to do is shit on In Flames. Come on, man. I mean, it's kind of expected at this point. But Soundtrack to Your Escape wasn't bad. It's it's not an In Flames Flames episode. Was was Soundtrack to Your Escape as good of a record as the audio injected soul? Mm, Go ahead. Be honest. Okay. No. But I would then say that it was fuck up. It was better than Mechanical Spin Phenomena, which is their first one. I, I disagree. I disagree heavily. Uh-huh. Mechanical Spin Phenomena was fucking awesome. I didn't say that it wasn't. That guess that's my In Flames fanboy uh, finding its way through. I love the old school industrial scream, where it clearly sounds like an SM58 plugged into a distortion pedal. This album was like a revelation to me, man. Like, in you know, it reminded me actually a lot of Cybreed. I'm not gonna lie. It's got that industrial metalcore gent sound to it. And what I love about hearing this band is that, like, I was expecting it to go Gothenburg any second, and it did not. And it actually, if you look at some of the more popular Gothenburg bands out there, they kind of went for this kind of sound later on in their career. Yeah, I think it's the uh, the natural progression. You gotta, you can't can't stay too stale. But these guys just nail it right out of the gate. And it's nice whenever you get a freshman album come out that you can really dig. Production quality is good on it. You know, but they actually they were on a, a good label right from the get-go. I think that has something to do with it. You know, they were with Nuclear Blast yeah. right from the start. And the guy who is the, pro- the producer and engineer is like a fucking god. Uh, Tua Madsen, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's worked with Meshuggah and Dark, Tra- uh, Dark Tranquility, Suicide Silence. 
Hate Sphere, Ectomorph, Cataract. I mean, the dude is just, I mean, he's got his hands on all of my favorite music. So, so he's used to making records that sound like robots. <laughs> With crazy time signatures, well, yes. Well, that's what I like about this record especially is, first of all, the vocals are fucking sick. Like, you've got, you've got that gent background with a little bit of industrial thrown onto it. You've got your beeps and boops in the backgrounds, and that's great, and I love that. But what I like about this band is just their, their pure mechanical aggression, especially on this record. It's not unmelodic, but at the same time, it is very mechanical. It's very cold, and that's what I like about it. Uh, not the band cold before Joe gets all excited. Go away. <laughs> but uh, Go. I think that I think that really this band sounds a lot like Fear Factory did back in the 90s. But like a more modernized version of that. With better vocals. Way better vocals. Sorry, Burton C. Bell. I know you make good pork steaks. Something but. to be said about giving one guy the job of screaming really well and the other guy the job of singing very well. Put them together. Well, I don't really hear. I don't. Are there any clean vocals on this record? Yeah, there's a little bit. There's a little it, tiny bit, but it's not like uh, it's not pop singing. No, and the, and the cleans are mostly on like harmonies on... On screens. On, on choruses yeah. and stuff like that. That's yeah. Like that choir effect. Yeah. Which is where I'm getting the In Flames choir soundtrack to your escape comparison from. In case anybody wonders why that was so out of left field. <laughs> but I think, uh, I mean, this band, this fan band fucking rules on their first record. Not something that we see that often. That's true. I mean, it. it is, uh, there's an obvious reason why I like it. I, I like to find that really great balance and walking that tightrope between that pure aggression with good production as well. Because sometimes, you know, people associate, you know, badassness with shitty production. Right, yeah. Because, you know, you're tough. I'm Where like, have no. I heard that recently? No, and this isn't tough at all. <laughs> like, this, is, this isn't tough at all. Like, and I, I really, like, I like the melodic side of it. Like, I feel like the, the electronics actually add quite a bit to their sound as far as creating the melody i think if you just if you just stripped it down to guitars bass and drums and vocals you might have a more mashuga sounding band but my god these guys blast so well like they're they're always on point and it doesn't sound contrived and i think from being back at 2003 this is actually pretty impressive yeah like if this came out tomorrow i think most people would dig it well, and the vocals are not only sick. I can't, I hate to focus so much on the vocals, but like they are, I don't. I love the vocals. They man. are they are super sick vocals, and like the way he just like I just oh my god! Like the way it sounds, just it just it definitely clicks like a fucking uh, like chemical in my brain. <laughs> you know, uh, like it's just got that euphoric feeling whenever I hear it. And it's so much more over the top than what we get from a lot of bands like this. And I think the vocals are actually the more human element of it, where this music is more mechanical. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The uh, the screams, I think, really just kind of tie everything together. That's the best way to put it for me. Because the music tends to go in a lot of different directions. And that's why we keep saying, you know, there's some new metal elements and there's some groove and there's, you know, technical aspects of it of like prog or tech tech death, you know, and, and of course a little bit of the industrial. That's the reason why we're doing this when we're doing it. But the vocals tie everything together for me. The harsh vocals just kind of says I'm in the driver's seat and I don't care what the rest of you guys are fucking doing. We're going wherever the hell I want to go. 
Right, and, and in a lot of cases, that's really bad. But it works fantastic with yeah. these guys. But you, I think you're hitting on it that you got to be a fantastic vocalist to go that direction. Yeah. To make that work that way, you have to have killer vocals, and we get those in spades. Totally. Yeah, like this record hits hard. It's it's. I don't want to say it's a perfect record. It's not that, but it is really. It's a really good debut for a band that is able to kind of move on to more complicated sound structures. My favorite thing about this one is the rhythm and the pace of the late 90s, early 2000s, and new metal, depending on how you feel about it. The pace, it just had that 127 beats per minute versus the classic 123. It just felt... It has that groove, and I can't really explain it other than listen to the classic Stained records. It just feels a certain way. Yeah, the, you're right on the beat, the BPM. I think that's where you really get the groove. I mean, it's obvious on that's where the groove feel comes through up with these guys. Uh, and I, I love that. And some of the guitar tones definitely give off that um, that 90s new metal feel with that, I guess, that down tune. It's the Clayman tone, man. Is it? You gotta love it. I love it. I do love it. I just love the vocals more, and I can... <laughs> I mean, make it an acapella track for all I fucking care. 2004, the audio injection soul. Yeah, I have to admit, this is my... He means dick! This is my kind of cheese, man. Dick cheese? Dude, fucking love can this Can I album. say dick cheese on a podcast? You At least did. one time. Okay, well, I said it twice, so we're good. <laughs> Dude, this just scratched the right itch the first time I heard it. It was perfect. This band had the potential to go in a more melodic direction, and they fulfilled that really, really well here. Because I kind of, like, when I heard the, when I heard their first album, I was like, okay, when are the clean vocals going to kick in and be, like, a major factor in this band? Because I didn't really think that their first album was non-commercial. Like, it, it could really pull people in that are into, like, brutal shit, but also, like, they like some melody in with it. And uh, this record delivered in spades. Like, you know, like, a lot of the times with a band like this, if you're going to throw clean vocals into the mix, I'm going to, like, compare you to Scar Symmetry. Oh, and that's, that's not, not a, fair. That's not you... a, it's not a fair at all. Yeah, because Christian is like a god. Totally. Totally. Oh, by the way, Christian loves, loves, loves the Mandalorian just like us. Okay, good. Well, we'll have to get him on a Discuss Metal sometime. No shit. You going to show up for that one, Jeff? <laughs> what do you fucking think? Yeah. But yeah, so like I, I always compare bands like this to Scar Symmetry because I'm like, okay, you're going to throw clean vocals onto what I would have considered on the first album to be like a like a perfect sound. Like a, as a meathead metal fan, I, I'm like totally fine with the first record not having a lot of cleans. And not being like you know the the epitome of what I look for in heavy music, I'm okay with it. I like I'm okay with them being just brutal all the time. So when they put this out, I was like really impressed with how they were able to incorporate clean vocals into their sound, but still sound like the same band. Right, and the clean vocals are they suit the music. I wouldn't say the clean vocals are great on this, but it's. As I said earlier, it's my perfect kind of cheese. It's that baritone yell. I, I love, I love, love, love this album. I listened the crap out of this album. I just couldn't help myself. So the one thing that I thought was interesting on this was these guys are total nerds like me. 
So you know there's going to be some some audio technology that I get to talk about because that's just who I am. So tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. I believe it was this album or maybe the next album where they had there was like an ultra high def audio technology. Uh, it's this one. They uh, they developed a binaural uh, audio technique, which is essentially it's a spatializing technique. Okay. And essentially, it makes it where you uh, get to place sounds in a particular location. Okay. It, it is. Uh, it's something they came up with themselves, and it's used on a couple of the tracks on here. And it's it'd be really good if you have like a pair of stereo speakers that are good with sound staging, or with a pair of headphones, you can really hear the spatializing of instruments and, and tracks. And uh, that's really, really, really cool that a band nerded out enough to come up with their own technology to do that shit. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. I, it, I think it's AM3D. I think it's called. I don't know what it's called. I just know what type of technology it is. But yeah, it's 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 really cool shit. They use it on two tracks. Yep, there's two tracks that they use it on, and uh, one of them is uh, uh, Deathbox, and then the eponymous track. Well, no, I think it's just the audio injection. Instead, of, and the audio injection is like the shit. It's just like this weird intro that's fucking awesome. But Deathbox is the best song on the whole album, so yeah, you yeah, know it's, awesome. it's it's interesting that like they would develop technology that like if you had a specific because I think it was like a special type of headphone that you had to have to listen to this record. And it's you the would difference hear between that you had Disney hear surround for Fantasia or Fantasia sound versus Dolby 5.1. It literally comes down to where the speakers are located in the headphones that make it sound the way that it's supposed to. Did you have a uh, favorite track on the Audio Injected Soul? I think Jeff loved the whole record. I did, but yeah, <laughs> Deathbox is definitely my favorite. But I, I agree do, with that. I, I love the whole fucking album. I mean, it's 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 a little cheesier than the first one. I will I will definitely admit to that. But you know, it's just kind of like one of those things. Like if I'm one of those guys that my favorite movie is definitely not the best movie I've seen, but when I'm going to be comforted, I'm always going to go to to my favorite movie. And this is definitely my favorite album of theirs. I don't think it's their best album. We haven't heard their best album yet. But it's definitely my favorite just because it just it hits me right. It catches me in the in the moods the right way. Plus it there's some weird guitar like uplifting shit in this one. It just kind of sounds a little more positive than what I'm used to hearing in a lot of metal, which is kind of interesting. And they do that in some of the other tracks on some of the other albums too. And I like it. I just it makes me feel good when I listen to their music. Even for 2004, this has the new metal feel good of rhythm guitars riffing on those lower drop D tuned strings. Just riff out. Think Coal Chamber. That's always my favorite example. Because every song on Coal Chamber is just the rhythm guitar playing different types of new metal riffs. This has the same feel. It makes you feel good because it's hitting you in the lower end. Well, and I think uh, I think the best part about this album is that they literally just took the egg and cracked it open. As far as what they could do, like what the potential of their first album was, they expanded on that without going in a totally different direction. Yeah, and that's that's always a trick that we talk about. You know, we want you to to expand horizons, but we don't want you to lose your roots. Right. And they do a good job of that. Speaking of roots, how did you feel about the Duran Duran cover? I was getting ready to get on yeah. that. Okay. Oh god, fucking Wild Boys, man. What the fuck? 
I as, think it's as, awesome. I was gonna say if if listening to the Duran Duran version isn't uncomfortable enough, just listen to this one, and you're gonna go, oh, I'm really uncomfortable, and you're like, well, it's uncomfortable because I actually like it. I'm not uncomfortable at all. This is actually my favorite song on the album. Are you serious? Yeah. I actually, no way. I actually really like, my... like his clean vocals on this. Oh, this is my least favorite song on the whole album, and it's not even close. But it doesn't suck. No, it doesn't it's suck. It's not a bad cover. We're not talking like a In Flames, oh, Land of Confusion thank situation God. here. Thank yeah. God. This is actually really good. And you don't I, do what Disturbed is going to do better. What I thought was really interesting about this album is Michael, their vocalist, he became very versatile. And uh, spoilers, he will be replaced on the next album with a different singer. Fuck. But at the same time, I almost feel like he opened up the gates on this album to pull a more versatile singer in. And boy, did that. He really, he really pushes himself on this record. To deliver a clean melodic vocal and I think he sounds really good and I think he really pulls it off and I think that I wouldn't have appreciated the next record as much as this one if he hadn't really just fucking gone balls to the wall and and really stretched out what he was capable of doing this record would have been just as good if he just screamed through the whole thing but you are right I mean he really took it past i think his uh what he could do with wild boys you could tell that guy was pushing every ounce that he had to hit some of those high notes yeah i mean that that's you know that's not an easy uh guy to emulate simon lebon is like a fucking god because, funny. because he makes good music and chicks love him i mean come on man guys want to be him girls want to be with him that was the thing in the 80s about him What's funny, too, is it, whenever he hits those highs, he actually sounds like, I don't know if you guys listen to Sparta or not. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the, the Sparta vocals on, uh, on uh, uh, what's that record called? Fuck, the first one, Wiretap Scars. I actually get a little bit of a Sparta vibe off of his clean vocals on Wild Boys, and uh, I, I have no problem with that. It's su very superficial. I understand if nobody else hears it, but I definitely hear it, and I appreciate it. That's cool. I That's a good way to end out a, an, an album. I mean, uh I love Duran Duran. I love my new wave. I mean, it's seriously my second favorite type of music next to metal. So I love having that crossover. That was the same thing with Cybreed, man. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's no, no clue that I'm going to love this band too when they're doing shit like that. It sounds fantastic. And I love this record, but I don't love it as much as I love the next one. 2007. I'm your passenger. Passenger is the shit. Is it called I'm Your Passenger? Nope, just it Passenger. to me. Okay, all right. <laughs> just want to make sure I'm not, you know, messing up. So Michael has left the band, the vocalist. Yeah, and now we have one of my favorite vocalists of all time, Guillaume Bedou. Right, I'm going to let you pronounce that from now on. I just did. <laughs> I'm going to call him Big G. Yeah, he um, was in a band that I've had a huge heart on for for a long time called Scarve. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard that name before. You've heard Scarve before. You've heard me mention them before because the drummer from that band used to be Dirk Verburen of, of Soil Work. A Soil Work fame. And he also did uh, Antares uh, for Cybreed. Of course, now he's with uh, the immortal Megadeth. So, yeah, Scarve is the shit, man. And if you have not checked him out, do yourself a favor and check him out. Guillaume has just some, his 
his screams are just like otherworldly. He's a god. He's a fucking god. This album is the difference between the new metal tendencies and the extreme metal tendencies. This becomes more blast, more degent coming forth, unfortunately. Even though it's 2007, the writing was on the walls. I could read it and I'm blind. Figure that out. Yeah, this dude's vocals, man. One of these days, I've asked, I think it's on the list now. If not, Scarve needs to be on the master list because it's such an awesome band. Please excuse me while I add that to the master list. Yeah, I I can't remember. I've asked before, but I can't remember if it's on there, and I haven't looked (laughs) recently to see if it is. I disagree. I think this is more new metal than anything they've done. Really? Dude, if you look at the choruses on this album, they are way new metal. Oh, as far as like the clean vocals and the clean vocals and the melodic riffing on the choruses, this is new metal. All right, I will say it's not pure new metal. It's not like listening to a Corn album. It's not 2003 new metal. I think it's less cheese than the previous one, personally. What's interesting about this too is this was uh, produced by Christian Wolbers of Fear Factory. Yes, it was. And since this album, the guitarists have exclusively only used down-tuned seven-string guitars. Doesn't get much more new metal than that. That's true. I will say this, there is a huge upgrade, huge upgrade in the vocals, not just on the screams and the growls, but the cleans sound so tight on this. I really think this the clean sounds so good on this, which you don't hear any cleans with them on scarves. So I was really impressed to hear what his clean vocals sounded like. I was very, very pleased. Yeah, he definitely showed it off on this record. And that's my favorite thing about this record, as weird as that sounds coming from me, is the clean vocals. Because they added an element, like, it was on the previous album, too, but, like, this guy's a better singer. And I hate to say it, but in a lot of ways, he's a better screamer. Oh, he is. Can we talk about another vocalist that I would love to hear more of? Sure. Jeff Walker of Carcass. Oh, God, yes. Is on uh, track four, Psycho Orgasm. Yes. Because, of course, he is, right? I mean, I don't have to introduce Jeff Walker. I mean, this guy's fucking, he's a god. I even like the early shit that he did, even though nobody else in the room does. Well, what I liked about this song is that they really tried hard to, like, make it sound like Carcass Heartwork. It's got a little bit of a Carcass vibe to it. That's not just because I hear Jeff Walker singing on it. No, the guitars totally harken back. Well, and the... Well, shit, everything does, actually, but the guitars <laughs> <laughs> the guitars really bring it back for me. I mean, we can thank Carcass for this style of music even existing at all, right? Thank yes. you to the Lord and Master Carcass for bringing us this industrial new metal extreme style that we all know and love. This See, is... And I still would have been fine with uh, Rika Putrefaction, but hey, that's just me. Oh, uh, fuck you. I love so... that shit, man. I know it's shit, and I still love it. It's all shit. <laughs> we talked about that already. Yes, we have. I think this record is far more dynamic than their previous work. Their previous work was dynamic, too. Like, this band is really a mishmash of several different styles. Like we said, there's there's gent, there's new metal, there's metalcore, there's a little bit of death metal in there. It's, it's very techy, it's very industrial, it's a lot of fun. But this record was the first time I feel like they really tried to pull it all together and release a record that was enjoyable to listen to, to the average listener. Yeah, I'd say this is their best album, and it truthfully probably is not very close. I think this is head and shoulders above the rest. It's still my second favorite, just because I, I don't. There's just something about that, you know, this the previous album that I just it just it does it for me. The audio ejected soul just is kind of my thing. Maybe it's because it's the first time I heard them. That might be part of it, 
But Passenger, collectively speaking, is a far superior album. I agree. Like it really caught me off guard because you had been going on all week about Audio Injected Soul, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a pretty cool record." So when I went into Passenger, I thought that it was going to not be as good, just based on what you had said. Well, I said it was my kind of cheese. I said that on purpose that way. Well, I got to the end of it, and I was like, holy shit, this was like way better than the other two albums. <laughs> and I don't think it's just a vocalist change. I think they, they went in a lot of different directions. Not that they weren't doing that before, but the melodic vocal really helps it. The the more catchy songwriting, like there's there's memorable parts on the songs. The problem the tech bet, I'm sorry. The problem the tech bands run into is that they always just want to switch it up so much in every track that it's hard to remember what you liked about a track. You can listen to a tech band and think, oh, I really enjoyed this, but what do you remember at the end of it? I think a lot of shit happened. That's is about it. Is the name of that band Crutch or Alathian or Between the Buried and Me? Right. Like, th- those bands are great, but... They give me shit to remember. I can't always remember what I'm hearing from Most those bands. Most tech bands are like, here's all the ideas, guys, and throw it at the wall. Right. <laughs> there seem and, and, to be a little bit more... And it, it all more... sticks at the same time, or it all falls down from the wall at the same time. And there... Fuck it, go with it all at the same time. There seems to be... Play it how it lands. <laughs> there seems to be more of a focus on actual songwriting here. And they're still doing all the cool shit that they were doing before, but they're doing it in a more refined way. Yeah, it's cohesive. And normally I would shit on a band for this. I'm like, why are you getting more accessible? Fuck you. How dare you want to make money doing this? But Dan's not the young, crazed, extreme metal technical fan that he used to be. Now he's no, I like a record the same that I can damn person. <laughs> I, like a, I like a record that I can listen to. You know what the funny thing is? You are now entering Jeffrey's atmosphere. This album sold like 10% of the audio injected soul. Yeah. Which just blows my mind. It was like 1,223 copies in the U.S. in week one. Yeah, which is like not that much. No. It was really disappointing, but still love the guys. I'm hoping that one of these days when we talk about metal, we don't have to talk about like how they didn't sell. Well, and th- that that the mainstream audiences in the U.S. start to embrace metal. Because you know what the funny thing is? Metal's a big deal in Europe. It's a big deal in Japan. It's a big deal in the Philippines. So you have a good chunk of the population in Asia. They're big in South America. It's just here, and it just blows my mind. I wish one of these days that we'd catch up with the rest of the world because we all fucking love metal. I have a theory about that. And what's that? It's going to be controversial, but I think the reason metal has ever been popular is the same reason most things are popular for at least a little while, and that's metal was popular in California for like 20 years, and there is a certain amount of the populace that will do anything and think anything is cool that comes out of Hollywood or its neighboring cities. Right or wrong, that is what many of the general populace will do. So I think we as a society, meaning our entire country, we can't get past the 70s and 80s, 60s classic rock. So eventually what's gonna happen is we're going to become the elder statesmen and our music is going to be what everybody listens to on the radio. Oh, I fucking hope so. Well, we'll see how that goes, but uh, to I'd like to be around line, for that. <laughs> to take a line out of the Metal Jesus playbook, I think this album is a hidden gem, and it's everything that you want out of a melodic heavy band that you didn't know existed, and that's definitely how I felt going into it. I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking the whole time they're doing everything that I like, 
and literally nobody else has ever heard of this band. Like, what the fuck? 2010. SOTS. Sons of the System. Hey, guys, did you like the last album? Fuck yeah. All right, here's some more. <laughs> Pretty much. That's exactly what it is. It absolutely is. And I, I don't think that it's better, but it is one of those things where it might be better, but I had such a huge hard-on for the first one. That it, or not the first one, but the previous one that I felt like. Dude, you felt that way about the last three records, let's be honest. Yeah, the last three <laughs> records are, are basically like, did you like Passenger? Because they're going to do that for you again. And you're going to love it. It's going to be fucking great. Melodic vocals, screamed vocals. Did I mention that, that he sounds a little bit like Chad from Mudvayne? Yeah. Is he with asking those you to pitch, dig? Yes. With those higher pitched shrieks. Is he asking you to kill the alien? There's a certain sense of, like, they are those higher-pitched shrieks like Chad does and like Big G does. They sound more primal and more human, and I just love it because they're they're so much more emotional than, like, your tough guy scream. You know, it sounds like somebody being stabbed, like, in the moment versus, like, somebody just trying to sound tough on a record. And that carries through on this, and, like, they, they fucking killed it on this record. And it's weird to see this band, like, this album only sold 600 copies in the U.S. on its first week versus the previous that sold double that. Because I don't normally talk about album sales on the show, but I thought that was really notable. That, like, this band got less popular even though, like, they should have been fucking huge. Yeah. In the U.S. In the U.S., that is. Yeah, and I tell you what, just, they were like a, a rocket right out of the gate, man. Sons of the System... Like in that first 30 seconds when he just lets out that just otherworldly howl for like 10 solid seconds. You're like, how the fuck does this guy do this shit? It was so good. And the nice thing is, you know, a lot of times when you hear that scream, especially when it's that high up, you're going to hear that, that crack and that waver. And he just hits it so perfect and so clean as, as you can get with harsh vocals. But there's no delineation in it. It's just it's just constant and solid. And you're like, fuck, that's so awesome. Yeah, because it's not like he's the best singer in the world, but he has this sense of like the everyman singing like it's earnest, you know, not Ernest P. World, but like earnest in that he sounds like he means what he's singing. And it's not like super over the top. It's not like syllable heavy. It's not hoo hoo. You know, it's not like a like a Howard Jones where it's just that? <laughs> so over the top. That's <laughs> his Howard Jones. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's not up its own ass. No so, so it's not further back in the mouth. It's not as glottal. Yeah, to it's use just, a technical term, it's from the soul, the audio yeah. injected soul, and I really think that that is what makes this band enduring or endearing to me is that it's everyman vocals with an industrial backdrop so you've got very human output mixed with very mechanical riffing and music yeah i just love it man i could listen i was so like i said it on the previous one on passengers i just love this clean singing it just it fits so well with the music it just it's like a glove man i don't know how how else to put it it just it works and it works perfectly which, to bring up the fact, you know, what Dan was talking about, it seems like these guys are getting less popular, or they should be getting more popular. It just boggles the mind. I've, I've loved these guys for over a decade for very good reasons. And uh, if you uh, get the opportunity, check out their discography, just like we did, because these guys rock. With all apologies to Jeff. 2012, Menemesis. Oh, yeah. 
That's not how you say it, but fuck it, I had to I do think, it. I was going to say, I think, that the, I think that the M is silent. Yeah, I tell you what, a lot of other silence going on. Huge, huge change in the band. There's like almost nobody left. Yeah, this was like a, a lineup drop-off. Yeah. This is a life and death of a plea for purging. There's one guy doing both guitars, and they have to be doing contra melodies. So now it's just one guitar kind of degent droning on the bottom with some extreme vocals and some decent drumming. I still like it. It's not Passenger, but if you're a fan of it, you're in. Yeah, just let you know that the uh, guitarist was uh, the driving force behind this band. Totally, yeah. Had to be. Because <laughs> he's the only one that, he's the only original member left. I guess I should have said this is more Tony Danza 4 at this point. There's basically two guys doing the whole thing. Yeah, and I, it's, it's easily my least favorite album. It's almost like, you're not Yes Men, so I'm going to bring some other guys in. Because I know the people who left were just not satisfied with what was going on. And I don't know if that means they weren't satisfied with the quality or the direction or the drive. But there was, uh, I do know that the only thing that they've said uh, that I can remember was that they were just uh, put the generic statement out there as a collective whole with the three guys that left. They just weren't satisfied with what was going on. Well, then I guess my question is, how much of this album was written by the previous guitarist? No, this is the same guitarist. Yeah. It's the same guitarist throughout okay. all the albums. Okay, okay. I'm confused. Yeah, I he's, thought... the, he's the only one that stayed. The The main okay. guitarist is the only one that stayed. The well, rhythm guitarist, the bass player, and the drummer all left. That, that answers my question, then, because it basically sounds par for the course for this band. Yes, it does. It's more of the same. It's the record I expected to get. It's safe. And I think this is the first time where I was not satisfied with safe. Really? You wanted them to branch out further? Well, it's, you know, we always talk about that line that you gotta, you gotta walk between branching out and not forgetting your roots. There's no branching out at all here. This is all about the roots and nothing else. And that's a drawback for me when you hit album three with that idea in mind. Because, you know, let's be honest. When you go from what passenger to sons of the system to nemesis there is there isn't a change there's well, not much of one at least not a huge change they they doubled down on the passenger sound right and that just you know come album three that's pretty boring it's almost worse because it really does feel like two guys just found new members to do the thing that they wanted to do versus a band that was moving forward with their sound. The passenger sound is great if everybody in the band is on board, but really what you have is two guys who know what that is and three guys trying to play catch-up. I don't think they were playing catch-up, just, you know, it's just more the same. I'm going to take a stab at this, what I think happened here. Passenger should have been a huge album, and it just wasn't for some bullshit reason that I don't know what reason that is, but it just didn't catch on the way that it probably should have caught on. Like, seriously, metalcore kids in the U.S. should have loved this, but they just didn't for some reason. Or they didn't know about it, or maybe it wasn't promoted well, or, or whatever. But that album should have been a huge hit. So they're like, okay, well, let's do it again. Maybe this time it'll be a big hit, okay? For some reason, our record sales are half of what they should have been. But I feel like if we get this in front of the right people, they're going to see how great it is, and they're going to they're gonna be receptive to it. Also, not the case the third time in a row. And I think I, I would have more listener exhaustion if this was like a nine or ten album band. But I think from where we're at now, I think it still sounds really good. 
yeah, it's starting to sound a little samey, but the songs are memorable on their own. So I can't accuse, it's not like a Slayer where like every song sounds the same from beginning to end. And that's all reminiscent of some landmark album they put out 15 years ago. This is just an album of songs that sound cosmetically similar to a previous, just Correct. not as good. Correct. And I think the only reason why we say they're not as good is because we've already had two full albums of the stuff. We, we've heard them do all the You've same things. You've had tricks. two albums yeah. where they did this only better. Well, it's so only better because the we're, course is yeah. not good enough. Exactly. And that's where the branching out, I think, is important for musicianship. If you would have heard Nemesis first, though, I think you would have just you would have been just as in love with the band as you are now. I don't necessarily think you would have gone back to Passenger and said this is a better album. Like because I listened to them in sequential order, I feel that way. But I think I think on its own, if you take these three records, the, you know their most previous three records, and look at them as separate products, I think they're all really good on their own merits. But if you listen to all the band's albums in sequential order, as I tend to do you do start to get a little bit of that exhaustion of like, okay, well, what else you guys got? Yeah, and you're, you're right. And for me, of course, I, I mean, I, I heard it in sequential order because I've you know been listening to the band for 15 years. So I heard every album besides the first one come out as new. So the only thing that I didn't hear new was the Mechanical Spin Phenomena. I mean, after that, everything was just, you know, I had to listen to it sequentially because that's how I got it. But you're right. I, I guess I could have heard Nemesis and say, yes, that's a that's the best album because that's what I heard first. But it's also the reason why I like the Audio Injected Soul so much. It was the first thing I heard from them. I mean, I think that happens a lot. You know, the first thing you hear uh, with a band that you kind of just kind of glom onto that. And that's kind of what you, you fall back on, especially if it's something that you liked. Sure. No, I, I understand that. I think this band because I don't want to. I don't want to have the normal episode of discography discussion where I'm like, yeah, they were pretty good for a while, and then they kind of tapered off there at the end. I don't feel like they've really done that. The creativity tapered off. I can't. Yeah, but I can't talk too much shit about a band that basically gave the audience what they wanted, like the fans what they wanted every single time. Like, can you can you really blame them for that? No. They toured a lot. They made a lot of money and every... And they've got five every, albums every, that are all Every bangers. inch of, the, of the, the world that isn't North America or Africa. All five of their albums are good. Yeah. On their own merit. It's and really so good. I can't really shit on them too much for that. So, yeah, and whenever I'm shitting on them, I'm not trying to say that they suck because that's the furthest thing for the from the truth for me the reason why nemesis was so disappointing for me is because you know it's passenger 3.0 and as a fan of the band for 15 years i was looking for a little progression that i just didn't get so from that aspect that's the reason why this is the most dis disappointing album for me like you said on its own if i didn't know who it was from and i heard it for the first time i'd fucking love it so from that point of view, you're right. I mean, it's it's a solid album, but I was expecting more from these guys because of that progression that we had through the through the first three albums. The fourth and the fifth just started to stagnate. I'll give you that, but that's it. <laughs> Final thoughts on Nemic, Jeff. Nemic is so much fun to listen to. They uh, they scratch a lot of itches, as as Dan has said. You know they. They take a lot of uh, genres, kind of make a melting pot of them. And that's part of the reason why I like them. I get bored real easy if we haven't figured that one out already. That's the reason <laughs> why I like the uh, 
the ups and downs, or as I like to say, because of the contortionists, uh, the ebb and flow. I love that feeling from bands. So whenever you can produce uh, a lot of different styles and make it cohesive at the same time, you've made a fan of me. And uh, Nimic is definitely one of those bands. I, I love these guys. I wish they had uh, made it bigger than what they did and they would still be here. Uh, but I love these guys. They are so much fun to listen to. As far as I know, they are officially still here. They just haven't done anything in the past seven years. No, they're on, they're on hiatus. I, they're they're officially on a hi- hiatus. But you're right. They not they haven't broken up as a band, but they definitely are on hiatus. And who knows how long that'll fucking take. Much like System of a Down. Yes. <laughs> Damn. What about you? This was a big surprise for me. Usually when Jeff suggests a band, I'm like, okay, not checking that out. <laughs> but uh, in this case, you know, you, you did good, man. You, you know, you definitely scratched a lot of my itches for me, and I appreciate that. Keep your itches to yourself. I think that this band does all the shit that I like. They they have gent, they have cool guitar solos, they're melodic, they're industrial, they are futuristic sounding, and anything that's futuristic sounding reminds me of space rock. Even though this isn't space rock, it uh, gives me a similar vibe. It makes me feel good. Like Jeff was saying, some of the riffs are very positive sounding and really give kind of an uplift, kind of an uplifting spirit. And I can't, you know, I can't let that go. Like it, that's my favorite thing about them. And even though you know, certain people may think that the last three albums are creatively Stagnant. deficient in some way, I don't agree with that. I think that they did a really good job because it's what we all want as metal fans. Everybody wanted, you know, Metallica to do Master of Puppets a couple more times. And that's what this band did. So I can't really, like, fault them for that. They put out another album in 2020 that sounds exactly like this. Then I might have a problem. Nemec is a band that reminds me how good it feels to find a band in a style that you like, that you haven't really listened to in a long time. Do you remember the first time you heard Deadsy or Power Man 5000 or A Plea for Purging and said to yourself, this is kind of like that popular music I heard on the radio, or if it's Plea for Purging, that DJ band I heard on my streaming service, and you like it, and you've got that catalog of bands that you listen to when you feel like listening to it. If I want to listen to progressive metal, I listen to BT Bam. If I want to listen to metalcore slash degent, I listen to Plea for Purging. Nemec is a band that I didn't know existed, and now that I know they exist, there's a lot that they fill as far as the industrial metal side of things. I feel like I'm not just limited to the Orgy, Dead Z, Nine Inch Nails, a little bit of Static X, spoilers. So if you're a fan of that music and you want to listen to music that was doing in 2007 what would be popular in 2012, you should be listening to Nemec. Damn, what's your album of the week? My album of the week because of Nemec is Wiretap Scars by Sparta. I just, I love the vocal style on that, and I like that their original vocalist, Michael, had kind of a similar clean vocal. Again, it's a really weird connection to make, but it, 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 it I don't know, man, it crossed those wires in my head, and I was like, yeah, I want to listen to Sparta now. Jeff, what about you? Well, I had to go on my way back machine, and since we're doing Industrial December, I had to do some early industrial stuff all the way back from 1992. Lowest common denominator. Uh, it's by a band called Optimum Wound Profile, and it is fucked up. It is like hardcore punk mixed with industrial, and fucking love it, man. Might be the reason why there's some some of the stuff that I like is because of guys like this. I love them. 
for me, it's Norma Jean. All hail. Oh, yeah. The mighty Norma Jean. Nice. I thought that's just a given. I saw them in concert recently. It was uh, orgasmic. Yeah, I wish I could have been there. Take us out, DFT. Have you ever been listening to this show and thought to yourself, guys, I don't care about this band. Talk about this band. Well, we can do that for you, but I can't read your mind, so you have to tell me what band you want us to talk about, or I'm going to pick something that you probably hate or love, or I don't know. Again, I can't read your mind. So what you need to do is you need to reach out to us, and the best way you can do that, well, there's actually not a best way. There's several ways. You can reach out to us on Facebook, on facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can send us an email at danandjoeshow at gmail.com. Or you could join the list of lucky souls that have joined our Discord server. There's actually a link in our show notes where it'll take you to Discord. We have a Discography Discussion official group on Facebook that you can join. Just ask to join, and I'll probably approve you unless you're some kind of weirdo like Jeff. And then I approve you. Jeff sometimes approves people. <laughs> it, 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 it does happen. If you're if you're somebody that's been approved by Jeff, you know, comment on the page that you've been approved by Jeff, and I'll be sure to delete you. <laughs> so with all of that being said, you guys can reach out to us anytime. We're always receptive to it. We always respond. And if you say something really cool, it'll probably end up on the podcast. So thank you guys very much, and keep sharing those episodes. And on that note, this has been episode 145 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money.